Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. Love that new music. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but I was totally head banging. <laughs> so today we have a pretty interesting topic that we both feel kind of passionately about. I feel passionately about talking about it. Right. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about booth rent. Booth rent. Yes. So we both booth rented before. We both commissioned before. Mm-hmm. We both rented a suite before. Yes. And maybe we've kind of expressed that we're <laughs> more we work into in a commission one. environment now, which we have settled on for our own personal reasons. Um, and decided that was the best fit for us individually as ourselves. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about booth rent because we, again, we are commissioned, but it's not always going to be the best for everyone. everyone. Yeah. Um, booth rent may be where it's at for you. Have your own suite, have your own booth in a chair, whatever. There's a thousand different setups for salons. So um, absolutely, we wanted to talk about this because obviously we have decided, again, as individuals, what is best for us because we know because we've tried it. So mm-hmm. exactly. And we'll explain why too that it's not our thing. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we're going to start with our peaks and our pits. Yeah. And we're recording this quite a bit in advance mm-hmm. advance. Um, so we're going to talk more about what we're looking forward to in the yeah. future. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we are, like we said, recording in advance. Um, so my peak for this week when this episode comes out will be that my son is, is here. He's not yet, but he yes. will be. And I'm so excited. I'm literally counting down the days. Cause I just, how many days is it for? What's the date today? today? No, it's seven. Today's the fourth. Yeah. Seven days, seven days. He comes in next Monday. Whoop, whoop. Next Monday at midnight, baby. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited to hear how his trip went. Cause this is going to be his first time flying by himself. If you guys have kids who are minors and they need to fly across the country, if you did not know, every airline has a um, chaperone program. What airline is he flying? He's going to be on Alaska. I've never flown Alaska. Never. Well, Alaska, they have their hub out of Seattle. So like the Northwest, a lot of flights are Alaska Horizon. Mm -hmm. Um, And I looked into Delta and I looked into Alaska and I went with Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> basically because the ticket was $1,200 and I didn't have to pay the fee right up front. So instead his mm. dad will pay 75 when he leaves and then I'll pay 75 um, when he leaves Tennessee. Um, but with Delta, I had to pay the 150 on top of it. So it'd be like 1400 bucks. And I was like, you know what? Mama just spent a lot of money. So we're going to go with this one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, still a safe airline. Still, everyone. Yeah. Still, that has <laughs> she nothing, still yeah. cares about her child. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with anything else. Well that, and then also the times of the flights that were available. Right, this one was just better. It was better. Okay, cool. So, well, my peak is will be, mm-hmm. I guess, um, that the episode prior to this one, prior means before, right? Yes, perfect. Uh, would great to segue into our <laughs> topic today. Yeah, that we're too dumb for being three. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the prior uh, episode has Mister. Jay Ladner. I'm so pumped about this because like I knew who Jay-Z Styles was. Uh Um obviously Mm -hmm. because it's Jay-Z Styles. But I hadn't really like followed her that much. And when I started following Jay, he was like not quite to where he is right now. So that was one that I felt like 
I have mm-hmm. actually kind of watched the growth happen in real time. So I'm super pumped about that one. It was well, and it's even cool because remember he was a part of that. Was it JJL, JLJ? J- yeah. Uh, J. Jacob, Laura, uh, oh God, Larissa. Baby, I'm so bad at names. I don't even remember my clients' names half the time. I'm like, is that person? Oh, well, yeah, face. Okay, cool. Yeah, he essentially um, piloted yeah. the hair influencer world, mm-hmm. right? Like, he was one of the first people on the Cosmoprof yep. uh, booklet. Mm-hmm. And now he is the global director, creative director of... Oligo Pro, mm-hmm. which is a really popular hair brand. Yeah. He is the education director for Fast Foils, mm-hmm. which is how I got connected with him on a personal level. And I am just, it blows my mind that this passion project of that, mine yeah. that I've worked on, like whether you've seen it or not for the last two years, mm-hmm. has come to fruition I know just because I'm doing it with someone that's super passionate I about it know I'm so excited it's kind of funny because watching you do it and then now uh-huh. being a part of it I'm always like oh Hunter this Hunter that let's do this let's do that <laughs> and then sometimes Hunter's like Erica that idea sucks and then <laughs> I've never told you that an idea sucks no. I have told you maybe we should pump the brakes on May- it well and then was it, how funny was it the other day when you were like Erica slow it down and then later in the afternoon I was like Hunter slow it down slow it down <laughs> I was like well if I can have Jay-Z Styles and then Jay Ladner has said yes and oh we're my like, and we're the like, possibilities are endless he's like we're scheduled out to the end of September I'm like, honey, slow it. Down. We don't need to be scheduled out until December. We need. <laughs> so yes, our podcast has been scheduled out through September, yeah. which is it in itself is a peak for both totally. of us. Really, yeah, you know, absolutely. like not only is it scheduled out for episodes that we're doing by ourselves, but we have guests yeah. every week, almost. Yeah, well, well, and also because we're doing a lot of double recording over the summer because of vacations and my son's here and all that stuff. And obviously, I don't want to give up much time with him, but I'm not going to let this fall by the wayside either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so I guess um, I said that I had a pit and I didn't think I'm going to change it because now my pit is going because it just reminded me that I'm not going to get to see you at my house every week. Oh, every other <laughs> week. He'll be okay. But I mean, you can bring Deacon over here for dinner. Oh, for sure. He has to build that Lego set. With okay. Bradley. So between the Lego sets and the choices of shows that Bradley watches, Deacon and Bradley are going to be freaking besties. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. I'm so excited. I think it's going to be adorable. Okay. I got a pit. Oh, what's your pit? <laughs> My pit is that I have to feed a teenager all summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Y'all, you guys... my son is a, like, human garbage disposal. Well, he's, like, 10 feet tall. Yeah. To start. <laughs> the huge. food has got to go somewhere. Oh, my God. It's crazy. We went to Costco yesterday, and I dropped, like, 350 bucks, and I didn't even buy meat. <laughs> Which baffles me because I feel like we got more than you. And my cart was full AF, but it was full of like boxes. So part of why was because I was stocking up on things that D can buy. Like if he's um, like while I'm at work, right? not buy, but eat and cook and, you know, right. just little snacky things. Um, Cause yeah, I'm not door dashing that kid lunch every day. <laughs> you can no, make your own food, it's bro. Been, I've just like, 
over the last like month or so, <laughs> I've just kind of been like, wow, you spend a lot of money on eating out. Mm-hmm. So Bradley and I both have, and it's through our relationship, we've both gone through phases like where we'll pack our lunch every single day. But right now we're both on that phase yeah. where it's like, we need to get groceries. We mm-hmm. need to cook. We need to, both of us have gained a little bit of weight. You know, the COVID-20, but that's not an excuse anymore. That was totally two years ago. For real. I think COVID threw me off on my working out Mm -hmm. Um, and then being in a new area where I don't know a lot of people has been a little scary because I'm definitely that girl that I need a gym buddy and they don't necessarily have to be at the gym with me, but I need somebody to be like, bitch, did you work out today? Mm -hmm. I just got done. Did you go? Mm -hmm. Quit being lazy. Go, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm excited about that because- Number one, I spend way too much money on food. Number two, fitness is honestly a passion of mine, and I've completely fallen off the. Well, and I think too, like if you and Stephanie were to start hanging out and working out, maybe even like once a month, Mm -hmm. and like I think you helping her, yeah, is going to be good for your mental Mm -hmm. state too. No, it's true. I did actually at one point go through this phase where I was like, I want to be a personal trainer because it's like. Mm It's what I love about hair, helping people feel good about themselves, but it's also for, like, longevity. Like, your hair being blonde and teased to the gods doesn't do anything for your inside health. I mean, maybe your mental health, but not necessarily, like, your physical health. Um, And as I'm getting older and I realize how important that is for longevity and movement and all that stuff, it's... That's a passion of mine. I like doing mm-hmm. that. I like helping people with fitness a lot. Yeah. So. Well, and then, like, because I danced and I cheered mm-hmm. for several years, like, and it wasn't something That's that I That's where them calves come from. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry, bros. Hunter's got the best calves in the world. I got the gams for the days. The gams for days. <laughs> uh, I always just joke and say it's from carrying all this fat weight around. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, um... What was I saying? Um, dancing, cheering. Oh, I've noticed like as I get older, and I'm not old by any no. means. Like I'm not even 30 yet. Yeah. But I notice like every year it gets a little bit harder to wake up in the morning. Baby. Like my hips you're, hurt. You're achy and you wake up sore. I know. I'm to the age where I'm like, bitch, you need to be doing yoga when you wake up in the morning. Right. And you I know? think if I started it now, <laughs> by the time I'm where you are, yeah. it'll I'll be good. I think so too. But, you know, hair is not. I mean, I was about your age when I started lifting. Really? And I got in shape. Yeah, I, um, my ex-boyfriend kind of got me into the whole lifting weights. I was under the impression that lifting weights made you look like a man. And I didn't want that. So I was mm. like cardio bunny, all that stuff. And then, yeah. and then um, yeah. when you started lifting, though, your body is just like, dude, snatched. here's the thing is I am a tiny framed girl. Like I'm only five, three and mm. I have small bones. The women in my family are dainty. I'm actually, my mommy and I are, my mom's the tallest woman in our family at five, six. And I'm, Dang. you know, um, I got the, the curves from my mama. Um, but also when <laughs> I said like the women in my family are tiny. So like when I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm gaining so much weight. I realize that I am still small. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I don't physically, it's more weight on my body and it's larger for my frame. So I get that. Yeah, it's more it's a it's a longevity health thing for me, not just a I mean, I do miss my delts. <laughs> oh god, they were so nice once upon a time. But we'll get back there. All Anyways. the self all the selfies. All you missed the all the selfies. selfies. Um, so let's just dive 
in. Right in. Right in. Okay. Um, I do think that there's going to be some points in here where we are expressing a very strong opinion. And I feel like we should go ahead and state now these are feelings, not facts. Feelings, not facts. And that they are feelings that we have come to on our own for ourselves. Right. Like, that pertain to us as human beings, not every hairstylist ever. Absolutely. Because there are some hairstylists that kill it in Booth Reynolds. Absolutely. But both, and luckily, well, not luckily, but in our cases, both of us, we did not thrive in Booth Rentals. So we'll just start with the positives. We're going to try and keep everything in a positive mindset. But like I said, there will be probably some times that we're like, screw that shit. For real. And again, that is for us personally as who we are as humans. Exactly. So let's just start off with the first pro. And for me, that is the complete control of your work schedule. Well, and for me, that was the biggest reason I went into booth rental was because I was, I was, I had a kid and I was a single mom. This was after my divorce and I needed to be able to pick my son up from school. I needed to be able to do these things. And it's when you're in a commission environment, you have a boss to answer to and you know, in general, usually less freedom when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And we're in a really lucky position right now where our leader is really understanding about family time. Mm -hmm. And, like, she will be the one to tell you, you need to go to your son's baseball game. Exactly. That is also part of our salon culture, though, which we're very blessed to have. And it's not a part of every salon culture. It's not. Because, I mean, we mentioned in the episode about me where there's salons that are just numbers and Mm -hmm. you're a machine Mm -hmm. and you do hair and you go home and Mm -hmm. you're there from open to close. And that's just not the environment we're in, which is great. Yeah. Well, and you know what? (laughs) That might be the right environment for a certain person at a certain time in their career. Mm -hmm. Like, because, yes, I do have that freedom. And, yes, um, I'm blessed to have a leader that understands that I have limited time with my son and how important that is. Mm -hmm. Um, But you better believe that when he's not here, I am working my butt off. You know what I mean? Because that's where I'm at in my career starting over again. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, and I think it's uh, important to put out there that you have been busting your ass. Like, you've worked six days a week since the day you started at Bombshells. And you will continue Mm -hmm. to work six days a week for the next seven days. Yes. Well, and, I mean, there was that one month where I took, I cut down to five, but then I was right back up to six. So, you know. I know, I was trying to get you to stay down there. I know, but I mean, it's slow right now, so I'm just trying to have like the availability to be able to that is true. do it's... the things, because I'm taking a week off with Deacon. I mean, we all know I spent money on his ticket, I spent money on my ticket, we got our trip to Orlando, which is that trip in general, not even getting there yet, has already cost me three grand, so it's like, you know, yeah. mama's trying to make up the money she's spending right now. <laughs> but yeah, when Deacon leaves, I will be in recoup mode, and I'll be back to, you know, six days a week, and then it will, it will slow down but that's that's me and that's my life and my schedule and that's what I need to do for myself everyone Mm -hmm. is not in my shoes yeah because I mean I only work four days a week yeah and I love that but you how long have you been at Bonchels two years years? two years two Two years years. I'm I'm working on year three so in March of next year well two solid years two solid years okay two solid years in three months yeah well I haven't even hit my one year I didn't have and I moved across the country so you know, when I mm-hmm. was at the salon I was at previously before Bombshells, mm-hmm. um, only in like three or four of those clients. Well, and two, like, I think, like, mm-hmm. I built really fast at Bombshells, yes, but I have a couple advantages. One, I'm a guy. 
And in this that industry, is true. in this industry, women want men to do their hair. Mm-hmm. I understand that that is an yep. advantage of mine. Um, and then another one is while I was in Cincinnati, cause I moved from Cincinnati and immediately started working at bombshells. Mm-hmm. But while I was in Cincinnati every month, I was coming back down to Nashville. Okay. So you had a little bit of base here in Nashville that you, mm-hmm. uh, oh, girl, maintained I had, while you were in Cincinnati also. I had just as many clients as I have now. Damn, son. I was coming down. I came down every five weeks, and all of my clients were on 10-week increments. So every five weeks, you were doing an opposite group of people. Yes. Okay. But it was the same group Mm -hmm. every single time. And so whenever I moved back, I I moved to Murfreesboro, and most of these clients were in Goodlettsville. Okay. um, At at Bluebird. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was Which the salon what, I mentioned. Which is about an hour north and yeah. of Murfreesboro? Yeah. Yeah. So not all of those people stayed with me, but a good handful of them did. And so I moved here with a solid base mm-hmm. and then built on top of that solid base. And by built, I mean, if I had an hour to two hours in the salon where I didn't have an appointment, mm-hmm. I made, and I still have the, well, no, I don't because I just cleaned out my car. <laughs> go me yeah um but i would make these um like cellophane bags yeah with a service menu mm-hmm. um bombshell bucks which is mm-hmm. something that our salon does it's like a i think it's ten dollars yeah. on a card and it's called bombshell bucks it's like a cube right a little coupon um and that is taken away from like the salon's income. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that mm-hmm. whenever I was doing this, well, but Michelle told me to do it. So yeah. it's fine. Um, but I would put that, I would, and then I would go to like businesses mm-hmm. that I wanted those clients. Like I, I've done things like that. I wanted chiropractors. Yeah. I wanted doctors. Yes. I wanted lawyers. I would go to a law office. Hunter's got the best damn clientele. <laughs> I, and I they're all curated cool. They've it. all got like something cool that they do. I love it. <laughs> um, well, and Mm-mm. yeah, so I like built my clientele by mm-hmm. hustling. And it was because Michelle was like, well, once you have a clientele, you can go down to four days Mm -hmm. and eventually you can take off every other Saturday, Mm -hmm. which I think that I'm at the point in my career that I could take off every other Saturday, but I'm at the point in my career that you are where you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to. I don't. I'm afraid to. to. Yeah. I'm afraid to because I know that people are going to cut. Day, I panicked. I was like, (gasps) "What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" I ended up making that was the month I hit ten grand. (laughs) I ended up making more money. But maybe it was because I was refreshed with an extra day off. I'm not sure, but it it is what it is. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. (laughs) And when Deacon's here, and you're only working, you're only going to work four days, right? mm you're probably going to make more money in those four days than you have in these six days. Well, it's because my soul is going to be radiating happiness. It's like, mm-hmm. I will let me just side note this. Like, yes, I am a mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a child. Yes, he lives with his father. Okay. I am a single woman hustling, trying to start over, trying to take care of myself. I don't have a second income. I don't have someone to support me in that. I don't have any of that stuff. So I just would like to throw this out there that my son lives with his father because that is the best environment for him. Mm -hmm. Not because I am a drug addict who lost my child or something like that. (laughs) Like, honestly, I'm a mom and that is hard because I'm older 
you know, I'm 36, almost 37. I do have a teenage son. You're basically extinct. I know, right? (laughs) But (laughs) I do have a teenage son, but I also don't have him all the time. So that's kind of like, as a woman, I know other women judge me for that. And that's fine. I don't care. This is my story, my life, and it doesn't really matter what you think. But And I think that it's also important to point out that that is your situation. But the people that are in your life are so extremely proud of you, including your son. Yes. You know what I mean? And like the other day we were in a hotel room in Atlanta and she was on the phone with him and I was, I just so happened to be on my computer or something like that while she was talking about being on the podcast. (laughs) And he was like, no way, mom, you're not on a podcast on Spotify. Yeah. And she was like, well, actually. Yeah. And then I just played the episode that we had recorded. Mm-hmm. And he was like, mom, you're so cool. Mom, yeah. I'm, so, yeah, proud I'm so proud of you. And like, I think that it's, he has seen you struggle. Mm-hmm. And now he's seeing you not struggle. Yeah. And I think that, yes, while he had a hard time with you moving across the country, and so did you. Yes. He is now seeing an outside perspective of how well you are doing right now well for me I feel like it's been when I left he felt like I was abandoning him right and as an adult it's easy to be like no honey I this is I mean because I moved in the middle of the pandemic like Mm -hmm. and the world was really scary and uncertain and I knew that where I was at and what I was doing at the time was going to get me under a bridge. (laughs) Like it wasn't going to get me anywhere. I wasn't growing. I wasn't making enough money to barely even cover my rent. And it was after we came back. So like the unemployment situation was sketchy. I mean, it just, it was a weird, hard place. And I was in Oregon and, and the COVID restrictions were still really tight. And I had this opportunity to move over here and to be able to get on my feet and have a little bit of support Um, And to move to a place where the COVID restrictions were not quite as intense. And so therefore Mm -hmm. I could build a little bit more, but um, it just was a life circumstance, but obviously financially there's been growth. And then obviously personally has been where most of said growth has happened, which I really think if that growth hadn't happened the professional growth would not have come. Um, But yeah, so that's a little segue side note, (laughs) not has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because you guys have heard me talk about my son and um, Mm -hmm. I do love him very, very much and everything I do is for him. Oh God, I'm going to cry. But um, yeah, anyways, booth rent, (laughs) let's talk about that. (laughs) Pros are that you have complete control over your work schedule. So if you are a single mother or you are a parent or whatever, um, or if you've maybe got another side passion project, you do have control um, over your schedule because you are your own boss. Mm-hmm. So, well, And with that, you get to control your rates, how much you charge and yes. things like that. So I think that's a, another pro Yeah, is deciding how much you charge. But I think with that pro, there also comes a con mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people can become a little too big for their britches when they are making their own prices. I agree. Because, and something that I've learned while working where we work, because I've made it very clear since the very beginning that my end goal is to own a million dollar salon. Mm-hmm. I want to offer the best in work environment for every person that can come in the yeah. door, you know? And so what I've learned is if you jump too quick mm-hmm. and you're not ready for it, mm-hmm. 
like if your numbers don't support your raise, yes, then you're going to fail. Yes, you're going to lose too many clients, mm-hmm. and then what are you doing? You're yeah. working six, seven days a week to try and get more clients mm-hmm. in when really you could have just stayed at that same price for a couple yeah. more months and then raised your prices. Yeah. Um, so there's a con within the pro. Within the pro, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, na, 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 na. I think we've already talked about that. Okay, so the opportunity. Um, so something that comes with booth rent is that, again, it's your business. So, mm-hmm. but that means that everything falls on you. So that means buying your, you know, some salons will have a station already for you, but some don't. Um, yeah. You know, um, some provide towel service, some don't. Some provide color, some don't. So all those startup costs are on you. Right. Like, you have to buy your intro kit for your color. You have to buy shampoo for the back bar. You have to... And let me tell you, those intro kits... They ain't cheap, bro. They're not cheap. Especially whenever you think about, like, you don't just need permanent color. No. You need permanent color. You need a Mm demi-permanent. Sometimes you need a Mm semi-permanent. And... When you buy the color, you also have to buy the developer. You don't just need 10 volume. You need 10, 20, 30, 40 volume. Yeah. Granted, I probably could go without 30 and 40 volume. Uh, (laughs) But there's going to be instances where you need it. Like a high lift color. Yeah. And if you don't have it, then what do you do? You go to your client and say, sorry, I don't have the stuff that I need to do your hair. Which, I mean, obviously, I have done that even in a um, commission setting where Mm -hmm. we didn't have something. And I had to look at the client and be like, I, if I'm going to do your hair, I'm going to do it the right way. And I need this product. So and I don't I'm, have it. And I don't have it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to reschedule you and whatever. And um, that happened. The chick had crazy amount of mineral buildup on her hair. And mm-hmm. previous stylists were just bleaching over it, essentially. And it was breaking her hair off. And it was like super orange and and brassy from all the minerals and so i was like i needed this cpr treatment or, or not cpr but uh the malibu hard water. the not the hard water one too i just did the legit like malibu makeover on her oh like the og crystal gel okay um and did that first and then lightened it and everything was great but she was like wow no one's ever done that before but i was like if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it right mm-hmm. so well and sometimes people's hair does need that wow the grammar <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people's hair, it it does need like that treatment before you even color it because the color is not going to take if you don't get that mineral off. Well, for me, what I was scared of was the breaking, like the metal buildup. It made me think of like box color Mm -hmm. and metallic salts and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was like, because I could see the breakage very clearly. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lighten over this. No way. I'm not going to do a bad job on your hair. Do you remember how much you spent whenever you started booth renting? Like I took out startup? a, cre- I got a credit card. Yep. Um, my limit was only a thousand bucks because I had no credit back then. Oh no, um, that's not enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you guys know. So I charged that card up, maxed that bad boy out. I want. I mean, I want to say it was around fifteen hundred, but I did luck out in that my rep i started out using schwarzkopf mm-hmm. um and i had over the years acquired lots and lots of color and so mm-hmm. i was able to do a trade nice where they traded me value for value um so that was good mm-hmm. but i didn't stick with schwarzkopf can i tell you something that i used to do yeah. and this is probably really shady but 
it is what it is. I did what I had to do. Um, I used to switch color lines sometimes. When you ran out of color. Whenever I would run out of color. I mean, I kind of did that too. Because I went, I did um, Schwarzkopf. Yeah. I was using Schwarzkopf. And then Schwarzkopf at the time, I think, was like eight fifty a tube. Mm-hmm. It was really expensive. Yeah. But the tubes were bigger, I yeah. think. No, they weren't bigger. They were just smaller, skinnier. So they were longer. Yeah. But anyway, that's not important. It was really expensive. And I had a busy week coming up, but I didn't have a busy week before. So mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to stock mm-hmm. up on my Schwarzkopf color. So I took all the Schwarzkopf I had to <laughs> Salon Centric. And I said, I would like to trade this for Redken. <laughs> and that is exactly what that's I did. That's how it went down. That's how it went down. That's crazy. But like. That's the thing with booth rental and why it didn't work for us Mm -hmm. because we're not those type of people that can hold ourselves accountable. I am a creative. Mm -hmm. I am really good at coming up with ideas. I'm really good at artistic vision. I am not good at numbers, money, organization, (laughs) responsibility. And I like, I know nothing about business. Right. Like literally none of it. And so business is my strong suit, I would say. Mm-hmm. But what I wasn't good at was telling myself to pay myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like the only take 50% of what you make yeah. and then this and that. But sometimes you don't make enough to no pay to the that. rent and pay for products mm-hmm. and also pay your bills that part so sometimes i would have a thousand dollar week and you're like look at all this money to the to me now i'm like oh little baby hunter thousand dollars dollars." but to me at the time that was a lot of money yeah and i would spend it i Mm -hmm. would pay my bills Mm -hmm. because maybe the month before i only made a hundred so that is why it didn't work for me is because i couldn't pay myself what I needed to pay myself yeah. in order to make the business run. If I could give some advice to any person who is thinking about going out on their own, mm-hmm. it would be to sit down with someone who has been successful in that and pick their brain and ask them about the shitty parts of it because there's so many, it's just glorified. Like you're taught mm-hmm. from beauty school that the way to make it as a hairdresser is to work for yourself. Which if you fall under a certain category of human being who's good at certain things, that can work for you. Or if you fall under the category of someone who is humble enough to learn from someone, mm-hmm. I think that when I was doing it, I was at a point where I was like, I've been doing this for eight years, blah, blah, blah. Like I, not that I've made it, but like I know what I'm doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I didn't. I got my ass handed to me. Um, And I actually, I'm going to go ahead and admit this on air, got myself completely effed in the A when it came to taxes (laughs) because (laughs) I had been told to pay your quarterly taxes. Like, oh, you should do this and talk with a, you know, an accountant and blah, 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 blah. But again, single mom, Mm -hmm. I was in the situation where I needed every dollar that came in and I didn't have money to set aside. And now I got, I screwed myself because, and I probably paid triple that in mm-hmm. back um, tax back tax and fines and, and late fees. Um, but that's why I'm sharing this with you guys so that you don't make the same mistake because like legitimately, if you are going to go booth rent, have 
an accountant. Have I was going to say, you need a CPA. You absolutely need a CPA. And that's why I was going to like segue out of what you were saying and into what I was saying is I was super fortunate that Bradley, my partner that I talk about every podcast, right. it seems like. Um, love you, Bradley. <laughs> love you, babe. Um, his mom was a CPA. Mm-hmm. So she's not currently, she actually runs a car lot now, okay. but she uh, used to be a CPA and she's had a bunch of different careers, mm-hmm. but CPA was one of them. And she is the write-off queen. Mm-hmm. And she helped me from the beginning build the business so that I didn't get into tax trouble. Mm-hmm. But when I was in Cincinnati, I, we, I did a dual suite type situation Deal. that, um, my coworker or co-leasey or whatever mm-hmm. we want to call it. Unfortunately, we had Your a falling out. Partner. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had a falling out whenever I ultimately had to move out of Cincinnati because of the lawsuit. Yeah. Um, which is really sad because we were really close. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that eventually, yep. you know, like falling out with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a story for that one too. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that was the difference between she and I mm-hmm. was I had support and she didn't Did not. in this, in the tax, you know, world. Mm-hmm. And so, not only did she not know enough about taxes when she was a booth renter, but when she was a commission stylist, she worked in a salon that they did 1099, mm-hmm. 1099 mm-hmm. which is actually illegal. Yeah, I learned <laughs> that the hard way. What a 1099 stylist is essentially is you are an independent contractor, mm-hmm. but you are hired under the guise of you work for me. Mm-hmm. This is my salon and you work for me. I'm going to give you a 1099, but I'm going to provide all of the product yes. and you get a higher commission. Yeah. So that higher commission is what pulls everyone in. Mm-hmm. And then they don't realize that they should be setting aside that extra bit yes. that they get from commission to pay their taxes mm-hmm. Yeah. because the employer is not paying taxes on you. And that's why it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and again, there's lots of different setups. Mm-hmm. We are speaking here from personal experience of what we've been through. Mm-hmm. And, and nothing, feelings, not facts. And nothing else other than that. Exactly. These are our feelings. Um, so let's see. Let's look at this. We've talked about the pros. What do you think maybe are some pros that aren't necessarily on? On our list? Yeah. I definitely think that the creative freedom of... Like when you have a suite, mm-hmm. you've had a suite, right? I have not had a suite. You no. rented a booth. I rented a booth. Okay. So for Chair. me, I always rented suites. Mm-hmm. So even when I was renting at Bluebird, mm-hmm. they had suites in the back. Okay. So for me, what was the most fun about it was making it my own. Yeah, definitely. And making my my own rules, my own policies, mm-hmm. my own like... Design. Yeah. Everything is me. But the con of that even. Is that everything is (laughs) you. Everything is you. Yeah. And if you're not ready for that, you're not ready for booth rent. There was just something that popped in my head that I was going to say. Now I forgot it. Damn. Damn it. ADD. Damn you. (laughs) Um, Creative freedom policies. Taxes. I don't know. It'll come to me in a minute. Okay. I remember it. Um, but yeah, just having the 
the creative freedom to oh that's what it was is that when you are an independent stylist you have to have your own like what do they call it is they call it malpractice insurance you have to have yeah, like you your have own, to have malpractice insurance yeah as a stylist which is it can be expensive mm-hmm. i use a company called hands-on trade mm-hmm. and i still have it to this day because i have to have it for kuhn mm-hmm. but um it's like 128 dollars a year yeah that's about what mine was and it covers you up to $2 million. Mm-hmm. And that is, say your salon burns down. Yeah. If if you keep track of everything that you have, mm-hmm. um, they will replace it for you yeah. up to $2 million. If you have to take off work, uh, they'll pay your medical bills. Mm-hmm. They'll, all of those things. Now, doesn't that cover too? I mean, thank the Lord in heaven, this has never happened to me, but like, let's say something happens and somebody gets a chemical burn and their hair falls out and they right. sue you. It'll cover that. Too. It protects against suing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have that when you were in Cincinnati? Yeah, I you definitely, did. but it didn't fall under. It that. didn't it, because they weren't, when I got sued, she was suing me as a person as and a person. not me as a business. Gotcha. Okay. Because that was one thing that I made sure to do was to open up a corporation. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to open up an LLC. Um, because an LLC can still be attacked through a lawsuit. Okay. So when I started Studio 615, mm-hmm. I, it was Studio 615 Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they Look couldn't, <laughs> so they I couldn't sue see. my business mm-hmm. and I couldn't lose that. Gotcha. Um, but as far as like myself protection, mm-hmm. I was not, that was not covered. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I maybe would have had a better lawyer. <sighs> that whole story. If y'all have not heard the one about the lawsuit, you need to listen to it because. I think we need a redo because I have been told by several people that I did not give enough detail. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know me. I'll draw that. Out oh, here. absolutely. <laughs> you will. Uh but yeah, I wish I would have had some t- sort of protection against yeah, that. Definitely. That would have been nice. That would have been nice, wouldn't it have? <laughs> okay, so we've talked about pros. Let's talk about some cons. Um, whether you succeed or fail, it will be completely dependent on your own abilities. So it all falls on you, mm-hmm. um, which can be a pro. If you're great if it at goes it. well. Yeah. <laughs> but then say you you get this suite, you sign a contract. Mm-hmm. For one year. It's like a lease. Yeah. Like an apartment. So you were responsible for mm-hmm. that for the entire year. Mm-hmm. If you want to break that lease, you have to pay. Yep. For the rest of the year. Yep. Otherwise. Yeah. And that's just how they make their money. I mean, well, if you think baby. about it, though, like, let's say you are the owner of a booth rent salon and everybody's providing their own product and their own retail and their own thing. The only thing that keeps that building open is rent. Exactly. That's the overhead. That's the water bill. That's the electricity. All mm-hmm. of it, you know? Well, and not all places are going to be such sticklers about that. Some people, you know, people move, people grow out Obviously. of spaces and things like that. But the situation that I was in with a suite, mm-hmm. you, I had to live out that, mm-hmm. that lease, which mm-hmm. is why whenever, I don't know if whenever you worked, you started working at bombshells, if I was doing both. But you mean? there was a point in time where I was working at Bombshells and also in Cincinnati just because I had to keep the door oh, open. No, you weren't doing that. Yeah. So I would work three weeks here mm-hmm. and then Bradley was living here. Mm-hmm. We were living with his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I would work three weeks at Bombshells and then I would have a week off. And during that week, I um, 
was in Cincinnati. Okay. So I would work six days a week mm-hmm. for a week mm-hmm. uh, or for three weeks mm-hmm. off for a week. But that week that I was off, I was driving to Cincinnati working and then driving back. Yeah. And I was there by myself. I did a similar thing when I was in Washington where I'd drive down long weekend, do, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was most of the time I do house visit, like house calls right. at people's houses, you yeah. know, um, but I kept my, um, what do they call it? Not independent contractor, freelance license. In Oregon, mm. you have to have a freelance license if you're doing anything outside of this one. I think you do technically here as well. Well, I asked about that because my last salon before Bombshells was 1099. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, so like if I do a wedding or something, do I have to have that? And it didn't sound like it, but maybe I miss. I mean, I know I hate weddings. I don't like to do them unless it's like friends or family. Right. Um, but... I mean, at the time I was building, so I was like, if the money is green, I will do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> kind of like we were saying, anything that's in my chair, I will do. But um, if the money is green, if the money is green, I will I take will it. I will do it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, obviously you do have a little bit more freedom. That's a pro. You can do mm-hmm. whatever you want, um, and your own personal work ethic will reflect in the results of. Absolutely. Said situation. What do you think about schools now telling stylists that when they get out of school, the only way they're going to make money is to rent a booth? I think it's bullshit. Right. Because they don't have a clientele. Because they don't have a clientele. I would say having, you know, been doing this for as long as I have and started over as many times as I have, especially going to a new city, there's not really, I mean, other than the knowledge and previous experience, there's not really anything any different from being fresh right out of school. You've got to mm-hmm. start over. You've got to learn the salons, the area, you know, all that stuff. And for me personally, um, I would say whether you're a tax expert, business expert or not, starting in a commission salon is smart because you do not have the overhead. You've got um, some guidance and some kind of like a cushion almost, you know what I mean? Cause you're not, you're not having to set aside your own taxes. You're not having to pay for your own marketing. You're not having to pay for like the overhead of a towel service or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let me off. tell you, freaking marketing is expensive. It is expensive. I remember I spent when I was my own renting a chair in Eugene, I spent like 450 bucks a month for six months on having my like a billboard basically it was in the gym that I went to and there was like this billboard that was in there like a digital it was a tv but to get my ad on there yeah and I think I got three clients from it and I spent like 1500 bucks on that let's talk about Groupon oh my (laughs) god Groupon I did Groupon every time that I've restarted somewhere Mm -hmm. I've done Groupon Mm -hmm. I'm over it I'm so over Groupon. I you did make it like once. $4. I did it once. And I only, d- I did it because this girl that I worked with at my second leasing salon, she did it when she moved from California to Eugene. And again, she had a partner. Uh-huh. So it was a double income type of situation mm-hmm. where, you know, not that her money didn't mean anything, but like there was an understanding between her and her partner that like she was building. Mm -hmm. you know and so as an independent stylist and single mom and single woman when I did that it's like you take a ridiculous hit on those services Mm -hmm. yes it does put butts in seats and yes some of those people are going to come back 
But the reality of it is, is that a lot of those people aren't going to because they're going to go to the next stylist that has a group on. That's now, right. if you provide enough value and if you have a system to get yourself, get that person adjusted to your regular pricing, like this is one thing that, um, I mean, screw it. I'm just going to say her name. Michaela did it. Um, she would do like the Groupon is obviously like 50% off. And then mm-hmm. she'd give them a card for the next one was 40% off. And then the next one was 30% off, 20% off, 10% off. And so by that six, That's visit, they were paying full price and they've slowly been adjusted to that. So that, I mean, if you are going to do a Groupon, that is a, a brilliant idea. I don't know where she got it from. She probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but if you do shout out, good, good job. <laughs> good marketing. Good marketing. Well, and I think too, like, even if you're not doing Groupon, a way, a good way to build your business is to offer that value mm-hmm. for a lower price. Yes. So the first time that they come in, giving that new client goodie bag that mm-hmm. has, um, like for us, we have bombshell books, but like $20 off your next yeah. appointment. And then your next one, you get a free deep conditioning mm-hmm. treatment. And then your next one, you get ten percent off a product yeah. or something like that to always have value. It mm-hmm. takes three times of doing someone's hair before they I consider them a client. So mm, I remember one time on here I said something about I think it's like five times in your hair. Shell mm-hmm. Shell corrected me the next day or later the next week, and she was like, "It's actually seven. So if seven, if somebody's in your chair seven times, the chances of them being like a quote unquote lifetime client is." massively increased but again adding value when you're new with someone um or they're new to you is a way to you know client retention but also incentivize them Mm -hmm. to stay with you because they're getting more from you than maybe they would from somebody else well and if you think of it like that like with the seven appointments and people aren't coming in every every week right so that's Seven times spread out over, let's just say four weeks. Yeah. That's seven months. Seven months. Before Mm -hmm. someone is a dedicated client to you. Yeah. That's over half of a year. Absolutely. That you have to dedicate to one person Mm -hmm. and then think of doing that to hundreds of people. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we've talked about burnout and stuff on here before, but like that's another thing about it's... Before you've done it, it seems like, oh, well, what's the difference? I just pay the rent and mm-hmm. I get to keep all the money. But, but you don't. When you're thinking about marketing or your clients are texting you at 11 p.m. trying to schedule an appointment or this and that and this and that. And then you're like, I worked three twelves, So I was exhausted. And then yeah. I was a toddler mom, you know, too. Like Deacon was little. He was like three or four. And I guess that's not really toddler, but, you know, um, Three or four is still very I young. I was tired. <laughs> Mama was tired, you know. And, and weren't you working two jobs? Weren't you working at the gym and booth fitting? No, or were those not, not at that point. The gym oh. didn't come until four or five years. That was after I got back from Washington. So this yeah. was all previous before Oya, before Brazilian blowout, mm-hmm. before my educator days, before my Washington days. Um, it was just, you know, I mean, I did hair for seven years before I went out on my own. Yeah. Um, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like three years in. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, because I it. had that time under my belt, I thought I was going to be okay. Like I thought that I knew what I was doing. I am realized now that there was a lot of my career where I was a cocky little bitch. And I thought I knew stuff that I didn't know. Um, I kn- I've been known as a <laughs> cocky bitch. <laughs> I've definitely been humbled several many yes, times. Several many thousands. Several times. many times. T- yes. <laughs> but Yeah. The cockiness will get to you, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, 
what was I? I had a thought, and like you, I, I know where they the went. kings and queens Stri- of it today. Oh, the you having a second job while mm-hmm. working—that's something too. That like sometimes you have to do that mm-hmm. whenever you're in mm-hmm. a booth rental situation because you don't have that to fall back on. Yeah. Well, even right out of school, like because I was a server when I was in school. Girl, I worked at Cracker Barrel in Cincinnati. Oh. My. <laughs> I love it. I was renting a suite and I was working at Cracker Barrel and I would work both jobs every day. Really? Mm-hmm. I kept the same two days off uh-huh. and I would work in the salon from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. Yeah. And then from 6 p.m. until, well, like 6.30 until 11 or 12, mm-hmm. I was at Cracker Barrel. Dang. Every single day. And on Sundays, sometimes I would work a double at Cracker Barrel. Dang. So I would just have one day off. Yeah. But Bradley had a really hard time finding a job in Cincinnati. And after I, I mean, I didn't put any thought really into quitting whenever I, like, it was never a part of my plan to quit working Mm -hmm. where I was working. So I was just like, I'm going to quit. You don't have a job, but that's fine. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, But, and he did eventually find a job and it just didn't pay enough Mm -hmm. and but it was a job that he really enjoyed and yeah. that was really important for us mm-hmm. was that he had a job that he enjoyed while we lived in a place that we were not enjoying. So actually let's go back to me working at the gym again, because you're mm-hmm. talking about having a second job. So even though I wasn't right out of school, when I moved back from Washington, mm-hmm. um, I did go directly in Portland into a booth rent situation. So oh. I found this little salon and it was this cute little house, and um, I didn't work there for very long. It wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I signed on. We had um, an agreement kind of basically that gave me essentially a discounted rent in the beginning. Um, but I had been out of Portland for a long time, and I was at an age where, like, most of my friends, it's not like I had this huge community of people right. still in Portland. Just because it was my hometown doesn't mean I really knew anybody. Like, since day one, I've tried to get the fuck out of there, you know yep. what I mean? And it's funny, because even now when I hear about things that go, like, have happened with people I went to high school with and stuff, I'm just like, I'm so glad I'm not, like, in that tiny little bubble world anymore. But, um, <laughs> so, anyways, that's why I got the job at the gym. Was because I was like, I just need a little bit of set income, even if it is freaking minimum wage. Who cares? Mm-hmm. It's something. And then it's going to like, I'm going to meet people, coworkers, guests of the, you know. I built my of clientele off of Cracker Barrel. And like, yeah. not employees. I actually never did a Cracker Barrel. Nope, I did one. Mm-hmm. Eric, bless his heart. <laughs> he was so supportive of yeah. me. And he was like, you're so cool. Right. Like, you have this cool job and you get to travel all over the place. Because mm-hmm. I was educating at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was before all that. Yep. Everything happened. And so, uh, I mean, it was just, he was like, you are literally the coolest person I know. Aww. And I'm so happy to support you. I don't care that your haircuts yeah. are too expensive for me, you know? And that's then, so great. I should check up on him. You should. I don't remember his last name, but maybe I'll find social. Him again. Yeah. Social for sure. Um, But yeah, it's because everything is dependent on you. Mm -hmm. Like in a commission salon, a lot of times if you don't meet your commission, especially in the beginning, I don't know that for us, Mm -hmm. I think we're a little too far in. Yeah. But like in the beginning, if you don't meet your commission, the salon is technically required to pay you an hourly rate. Yes. I don't know about the laws here. And obviously that is, it's it's the same laws here. Relevant to us because we hit commission, but, um, you know, 
most states, I believe it's like if you're commission, you get your commission or your hourly, whichever's higher. Yes. Yeah. And that's how it is here in mm-hmm. most places. Um, that's how it was in Cincinnati, and that's how she sued me. Oh. That was the final grounds gotcha. of it. Yeah, it was like, this is how much I've paid you where you've not made commission. Mm. Sorry for the squeakers. My dogs are awake. Yeah. I'm like, I can hear that in my headphones. I was like, where's that coming from? The dogs finally woke up. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's all on you. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. Um, Let's see. I think we've covered all of our points. Yeah. Let's not be able to reply in our room. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So how about, let's just talk about. What were the things that you did enjoy? Because these are like pros and cons that we've like made a list of. But like for you personally, mm-hmm. obviously you've decided commission is a better setup for you. But mm-hmm. was there anything in a booth rental situation that that you felt worked better and that maybe you miss even though you know the situation is better for you now? Like is there anything that you miss about it? Anything that I miss about – that's a good question. Anything that I miss about – booth renting honestly I don't miss anything about it Mm -hmm. there's not a single thing like and I think because we're in such a good commission situation there isn't anything to miss Mm -hmm. because we do have complete control over our schedule if we want to take a day off we just tell our leader Mm -hmm. that we want to take a day off and she's like oh okay cool yeah Like we want to pick up an extra day. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. As long as there a station, there's a station for you to work at. Right. You can work at it. Mm -hmm. Just be mindful of everyone else that's working around you. Absolutely. Um, if I had to choose one thing, it would be that the the design of the space was everything. That's what I thought you would say. Yeah, like like my favorite color is green. Mm -hmm. My salon was green. Mm -hmm. I had plants everywhere. I had hunter green. Is that your favorite? Actually, sage green is my favorite oh, color. Okay, but green is my favorite color because it's the same color as two of my favorite things. Mm. <laughs> Money and green. And I mean, we're fifty minutes in, so if they're listening now, they're real. They're they're the real ones. <laughs> they're so the real ones. yeah, I don't think that there's anything that I miss. Other, I I liked the design aspect of it, but mm-hmm. now that I have a, my own home, like yeah, I get to do that you here. Get that there. So, what about you? Do you miss anything? No. None. I absolutely do not. I suck at money. I suck at business. I I love that I don't have to answer my phone in return. In fact, I have a handful of clients who I don't have a problem with certain clients having my personal number in case something happens or you need to text me and be like, girl, sorry, it's one in the morning, but I'm at the hospital with my mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, because I work six days a week, when if I get a text from a client on my day off, honey, I am not going to answer you until I'm working because- mm-hmm. I have learned over the years that that isn't, and it's not intentional, Mm -hmm. um, but it is an invasion of the very limited time that I have to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, no, there's nothing. There's literally nothing I miss. Mm -hmm. As long as I am a hairdresser, I will always work for under someone else. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that. That being said, I would love to get back into education Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And obviously there's going to probably be a different setup for that. Like I was 1099 with both companies I educated for, Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't involve me scheduling clients and doing all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and again, education is something I'm passionate about. I genuinely love that. Like 
it fills my cup when I can teach someone something else. Right. So I don't mind that. I obviously am passionate about being behind the chair and my clients that exist too, but that is a little bit more workflow for me. Whereas Mm -hmm. like education is kind of passion project. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that it's obvious that you can't be a hairdresser for 60 plus years. No. And there are, are there are actually a couple people that are, yeah, I mean, I've seen everyone's seen those Facebook yes. videos yes. of the, the old lady that's a hundred years old and she's still, doing, still hair. doing hair, but she's doing like one client a day. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've watched my mom and I may get a little sad, yeah. <laughs> sad about this, but like I watched my mom go from being one of the busiest stylists in town to doing from doing all my friends and all of my friends, parents and my teachers and all of this to now she's at a point in her life or in her career that she never took the time for herself. Mm -hmm. She never took care of herself Mm -hmm. and she is still a booth rental hairstylist doesn't have good health insurance Mm -hmm. because she can't afford it. Mm -hmm. She can't, you know what I mean? Like all of her clients, she's been doing hair for 30 plus years. Yes. All of her clients are dead. Oh, (laughs) Oh God. That's awful. You know what I'm like, but that is a real, it's a a very real thing. And being in that environment that she's in, in the small town, there's not a regeneration of of people. Well, and even the ones that there are, they're going to, this is not against your mama. It's just obviously as we age our techniques, you know, if you're not up to date, you're out Mm -hmm. of date, you know? And that is exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And I, she knows that too, Mm -hmm. but, and I think it, one of the, my favorite parts about doing the same thing that my mom does Mm -hmm. is, my mom will call me. I know. It's so cute. Ask me like formulation questions. And now I remember watching my mama mix Lady Clairol in oh the Lord. back where you mix the yellow and the mm-hmm. blue and the red and you make yep. a natural. So like I know she understands it. Yes. She knows hair mm-hmm. and she knows it well. Um, I've actually never known my mom to do anything else. My mom's never had a different job. Really? As far as I know personally, I meant to call her and ask her yeah. the other day, but... Because it just popped in my head. I, my mom has never done anything else. Mm-hmm. She started doing hair. We should have your mama on the podcast. I would love that. Oh. Uh, she, But she started doing hair when she was in high school. Yeah. And when she was in high school, they had a program that she was able to graduate high school with her cosmetology license. That's so cool. Yeah. And back in the day in Tennessee, it used to be... Um, you weren't a cosmetologist. You were a licensed hairstylist, a licensed esthetician, mm-hmm. and a licensed nail technician. So my mom's cosmetology license says esthetician, hairstylist, nail technician. So that's kind of similar to how Oregon was, where in order to be considered a cosmetologist. You have to. But see, yeah. she only she still only had to do the 1,500 hours. Oh, dang. So you got all those licenses within 1,500 hours? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So and. As long as I've known my mama, she has always done facials. She's always done nails. Mm-hmm. She does acrylics. She does pedicures. She does manicures. She does waxing. She does ear piercing. What? Yeah. My mama pierces ears. Okay. Um, Literally every facet of our industry, my mm-hmm. mom has done. Okay. That's and cool. I didn't know that. It's dope. It is dope. My mom is so cool. I know. She's so <laughs> sweet, too. Um, She's also been a cosmetology instructor. She's been a nail okay. instructor. So uh, 
she I did not get my test taking skills from her. <laughs> so she never took her state board to get her instructor license. Wait, what? She was so nervous to take her state board test. Mm-hmm. She had all of her hours to be an instructor, but she didn't. She never took the test. So her hours expired. Oh, that sucks. Uh-huh. And I mean, she's kicking herself now yeah. because she's at the point where she can't really do hair. My mom walks on a walker. She's blind completely in one eye. She has neuropathy. Mm-hmm. She, all of the things from not taking care of herself and not yeah. having health insurance for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I'm seeing my future right now. <laughs> get health insurance. Get health insurance. Um, well, yeah, it's true because like, uh, I myself, I'm not that old. But I have been doing hair for 16 years behind the chair, blow drying, shampooing, wearing stiletto heels <laughs> for the first 12. And we have discussed in the beginning that she has a case of the dumb bitch itis, and that's <laughs> a part of it. <laughs> well, for anybody who knows me now, this might come as a huge surprise because I'm such a low key, like, you're lucky if I put more than mascara on when I'm at work. Um, but I used to be like, very fashion conscious and um, well I've seen your closet I mean you know I can dress I just I'm more about comfort at work now because I'm getting older well and, <laughs> and that shit hurts yeah you know um I mean even just now picking up my coffee mug I'm not gonna lie like if I pick up anything with any weight to it I can feel it in my elbow yeah does you know? it give you that like tingle that shoots to your middle finger no and I don't I haven't had anything that makes me feel think um what's that called arthritis carpal tunnel carpal tunnel mm-hmm. i haven't had that but um like my left pinky has arthritis in it it's going into my middle finger mm-hmm. my uh, i think i have arthritis left. in my middle finger my right elbow hurts my shoulders are like um because of repetitive motions mm-hmm. like um when i was training with a trainer all the time and at one point i had like was thinking i wanted to be a bikini competitor but basically i'm so off balance from repetitive motion and unevenness in like doing mm-hmm. the same motions with the same muscles on the same side over and over that like my muscle development is not the same and so therefore like one side pulls on one hip, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe if I was better with like going to the chiropractor and getting massages and like training specifically for that, like I know my trainer um, back in Oregon, he had another client who was a hairdresser as well, who was prepping to get on stage. And I think he said it took like five years or something crazy like that to get her even. Even. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had, um, I guess you weren't co hosting at the time, but we had, uh, Alicia Dixon on the podcast. Yeah, I listened and she to that. talked about overworking, and she literally has had to not work for almost an entire a long year, time, yeah, just to recover from an overworking injury. Yeah, and so she had mentioned that a way to prevent stuff like that is to work out the opposite muscles. Yeah. So, like your front and your chest mm-hmm. is what you are working out when you're blow drying, and your arms are up in the air. But if you work out your back muscles like Mm -hmm. your butterfly muscles is what I call them Mm -hmm. I don't know the actual name for them but when you work those out it makes the front hurt less and you can tell that our work group chat's going muscle balance I know (laughs) guys we're recording right now chill out I guess we could put it on silent um but but yeah it's true so there I mean there are um things with being a hairdresser that over the years it can be it can be hard on your body you Mm -hmm. know um but 
I mean, I think if I could go back, I remember my first manager who was also an ABCH hairdresser. Shout out to last episode. But um, she, Re- Regis being a corporation, mm-hmm. they we would have our meetings and our this and that, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things they talked about a lot was like ergonomics and at the time and like stretches and different things. And at the time mm-hmm. I was like, blah, 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 this is stupid. Blah, well, blah, blah. Regis really does train you to be able to do 18 haircuts in a day. They do, yeah. So. um, But yeah, I mean, that was something that I thought, you know, people were like, how do you wear those shoes all day? And I was like, because after <laughs> I leave here, I'm going to get drunk and I'm not going to feel it. <laughs> That's how. Oh, that part, <laughs> You wear stilettos girl. all day and then you wear them all night. But, you know, them Jaeger bombs, they take away the pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that would be a shout out to Old Red, Boots with the Fur Red. <laughs> hey, oh my God. Old Red. Old Red. Old Red. Um, anybody that listens to this that worked with me in my Regis days knows what a hot mess with a capital m i was back then but you know we grow we learn it is what it is also the point of that was is that um if you are a young stylist starting out and you do want to be doing behind the chair and staying that way like really 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 from day one take care of yourself before it's too late because uh it's significantly harder to correct those things once they've once they've already become issues right that has nothing to do with booth rent but I mean, we just started rambling towards I mean, the end. You know, are we ready to go into our iced tea? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so <laughs> Jinx. Go for it. Okay. Um, R. Kelly. Yeah. Has just recently, and this article was released on June thirtieth, twenty twenty two, sentenced to thirty whole ass years in prison for federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges. Can I? unfiltered give my opinion yes good put that fucking monster in jail absolutely i hate that man i like i'm sad because i loved his music back in the day we do not support but i no (laughs) no not at all i hope you rot in prison and i hope really bad things happen to you but honestly is 30 years even enough well no but he's gonna be dead by then fair you know fair well and i mean like r kelly has been a thing since i could remember like his trial has been a thing since for a long ass time, a long time, which is why this made it into the iced tea. Mm-hmm. But, um, I didn't know what racketeering was, so okay. I had to look that up and I didn't know either. So, right. So I will give you guys the de- definition of racketeering. Racketeering can be prosecuted at the state or federal level. So R. He Kelly was, federal. was at federal and federal crimes of racketeering include bribery, gaming offense, or, Gambling, not gaming, offenses, <laughs> money laundering, obstructing justice, or a criminal investigation, and murder for hire. Okay. So it doesn't say in the article which one he did was guilty of, but uh, he was also put in prison for sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. So I think that one which kind is of why outweighs, I hate you. I mean, yeah. if you're just a criminal who's like stealing money, then like yeah, you suck. But the minute you are hurting children hurting children or women or anyone against anyone or men Mm -hmm. against their will i'm sorry i sex crimes to me are almost worse than murder in my opinion because you're taking away someone's life weird you're taking away the power someone has over their own body wow do that that and that is the most disgusting thing you can do i think like honestly like if 
if I had the choice to be murdered, or I would rather be murdered. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, because you don't have to live with being murdered. That's exactly it. Is that God? I know. I know. It sounds so horrible. It's atrocious, and it's and it's a sad thing to say, but. When anytime you are violating someone's body, they have to live with that for the rest of their lives. Um, and generally the person who does said offense doesn't suffer the same pain for the rest of their life. Right. So. Well, and now he's going to be sitting in prison for 30 years. Um, however, his defense attorney yeah. requested 10 years or fewer saying that prosecutors request the prosecutor's request was tantamount to a life sentence and they wanted to give him more than 25 years behind bars and he got 30. So Mm -hmm. they obviously won, but, um, this is kind of, um, touching, I guess. Yeah. Um, all of the survivors of Mm -hmm. Kelly's abuse held hands and prayed as U S district court judge and Donnelly was reading his sentence. Kelly who wore a tan, prison uniform, dark rimmed glasses, and a black mask at the hearing in federal court in Brooklyn showed no emotion. Fucking monster. Yeah. In deciding the sentence, Donnelly said she considered Kelly's own traumatic childhood during which his attorney said he was repeatedly sexually abused by a family member and the landlord. Mm -hmm. It may explain, at least in part, what led to your behavior, the judge said. It most surely is not an excuse. I agree. And it is, that is sad. And it does give me a moment of reflection because obviously he suffered mm-hmm. also. But um, there are survivors that have been suffering for more than 30 years. Well, yes. And there are also survivors who do not repeat mm-hmm. said offenses. And he it, had it, hundreds. it does give me a, a little bit of a sense of compassion for the fact that he is a human being. Um, but still. Rot in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Rot in jail. You should have figured that shit out, bro, and not done it to other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I well, mean? Well, and the thing is, like, he has all the money in the world. Yeah. He could have gotten help. Yeah. And he chose not to. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, here, again, playing devil's advocate, this is I love slash Feelings hate this. Love slash hate this about myself is that I can see maybe he didn't realize when he first did it that it was wrong because it was done to him i mean i don't know and i'm not going to try to put myself inside the brain of what i call a monster and try and figure out where it comes from but there is an element to that Mm -hmm. he wasn't like the judge said it is a factor however it is not an excuse exactly you know not an excuse in the least but and like the amount of gaslighting that went into this because it wasn't just some random person that he went and attacked on the street Right. It was young women and girls that he gaslighted and manipulated. And uh, it makes me very emotional because mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of brainwashing that goes on with that. And um, even like Aaliyah, I loved Aaliyah. I've never, ever cried when a celebrity died, but I cried when Aaliyah died, even though I was like in middle school when it happened. Um, but then it makes me think about all her music, like that song, age ain't nothing but a number. Mm-hmm. She was being abused by R. Kelly mm-hmm. when that happened and then put out a song about age, not being anything but a number. And she was being abused mm-hmm. while that was happening. And that's sick because she was then, she was, 
she believed or enough that she felt comfortable putting out a song. I mean, obviously in the entertainment industry, so much of that is there's so much craziness and control that happens and the artists don't have a say, but it's gross. Like it grosses <laughs> me out because it's filthy. it is filthy and it's sad and it's manipulative and disgusting and wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it was a, part of mainstream society i mean that song was huge when mm-hmm. it came out you know yeah. and i was a teenager like ain't singing ain't nothing but a number you know what i mean jamming loving that song loving all that stuff and then it's like now that i'm an adult and the truth has come out it's like oh my god i can never listen to that song the same way right you know yeah it's just gross so i mean i hope and pray to the lord or the universe or whoever it may be that something happens with r kelly and maybe he realizes how wrong he was i mean i don't know if you can change someone like that at this point Um, i I don't know but you know he has the rest of his life to figure it out you better sit in your room and figure that shit out bro it is wrong but i'm glad he's exactly where he needs to be in my opinion i agree so i agree all right well i think that's it that was our iced tea and this has been another episode of break room banter if you'd like to follow us on our social media journeys, I am at HairXHunter across all platforms. And all platforms, I mean TikTok and Instagram because that's all I use. <laughs> and our podcast is Break Room Banter Pod on all platforms, also TikTok and Instagram. And we have an email address that you can email us your episode ideas. Mm-hmm. If you have a person that you look up to and you want them to be on our podcast, send us an email. Yeah. And, um, and I would just like to throw in that we are open to stylists that maybe don't have a huge Instagram following. Like we're absolutely, we are going to have one of my friends on here in the future who, um, I chose to invite her on because I am just really personally inspired by her story as a Mm -hmm. single mom, um, and everything like that. And what she's been through from the start of her career to becoming a mother to, opening a salon to buying and building her own house and all this stuff. So if it's just somebody that you think that their story is super inspiring and you'd like to feature them, like absolutely let us know. Yeah. And we'll reach out, you know, we'll try and get them on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your Instagram handles? (laughs) Erica, the redhead, E R I C K A, the redhead. Um, And that is actually on Instagram and TikTok. This last episode we recorded, I said it was Erica, the red on TikTok. That was my old one. That's new break room banter pod. So Erica, the redhead for consistency across Across all platforms, AKA IG and TikTok, TikTok. (laughs) And we also have, uh, well, I also have a website. It's www.hairxhunter.com. I have some cute little pictures of mm-hmm. myself up there. And then also an uh, email list for just to keep you guys updated on things that are going to come. Um, we have a really exciting guest that by the time this episode airs, mm-hmm. will have already been here and we're super looking forward yeah, to that. Um, but yeah, that's it for this that's episode it. until next week. Bye. Bye.